Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. So one of our listeners wrote in and asked me to describe the mental aspect of intermittent fasting with diabetes. And I guess I hadn't really thought about it too much, but that's actually a really, really good thing to get into because much of intermittent fasting is mental. And if you don't have the mental part right, you probably won't be able to succeed with intermittent fasting. And I think my mentality around it went through a couple of different stages. Before I even started, when I had first just heard the episode, the Juice Box podcast with Scott Benner, and he had Jen Stevens on, the writer of Fast, Feast, Repeat, and Delay, Don't Deny, and they were speaking about intermittent fasting, I kind of just jumped right into it with the clean fast. I had done intermittent fasting before, so I knew a little bit about it, but I have to tell you that when I went into intermittent fasting, I wasn't super committed to it, let's just say. I had already been on a number of failed diets. I wasn't sure if this was gonna work, so I was a little bit skeptical, but I sort of just forced myself to do it. And when I did it, yeah, I mean, I noticed that, like when I started, I was doing 16-8, so 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. I was hungry, and if you listen to prior episodes, my basal rates and my other pump settings were not totally accurate when I first started, so that was another hurdle that I had to overcome. So I had quite a few things working against me. Obviously, diabetes is just another aspect of it that no matter what, if you add diabetes to anything, it's going to make it harder. (laughs) But we're used to that, right? Like we, we know everything with diabetes is harder and we just have to be that much stronger to get through it. But when I started and my settings weren't right and I was getting low blood sugars and I was hungry. Yeah, because you, you know, you're fasting. It's the first time you're fasting. Maybe you've never gone a day in your life where you haven't eaten three meals. So you do notice when you've missed a meal, your stomach will start growling. Low blood sugars and hunger signals feel very similar. And that's why I say if you can get a continuous glucose monitor to help you along your journey, at least in the beginning, that's a huge help. So when I first started intermittent fasting, I had a lot of mental struggles to overcome The thing I would say when you're starting, and even if you're into intermittent fasting and you have been doing this for a while, you're not totally going to be free and clear of of mental struggles. But the beginning is definitely the hardest part, especially if you are used to drinking a lot of diet soda or coffee with milk and sugar or other types of drinks. And you can't really imagine going from doing all of that to having 16 hours in a day where you're just drinking regular water, sparkling water, black coffee, black tea, green tea, something like that with no sugar or any other artificial flavors added, it's a huge mental adjustment. And there's two ways to do it. You can either rip off the Band-Aid and just go straight into it, which is what I did. And that is immediately just say, I'm not drinking all these other drinks. And when I'm in my fasting period, I'm in my fasting period. I'm not going to deviate. I'm going to follow the rules. 
you know, aside from if I get a low blood sugar, that's a different story, then I will treat it. But other than that, I'm going to try to stick to the rules. That's, that's one way of doing it. The other way to do it is to just say, I'm going to transition. I'm not ready to give up my coffee with cream and sugar in it. I'm not ready to give up my diet soda just yet. So every day I'll cut out one of those drinks. So if I'm doing a 16-8 and in the morning I'm used to having coffee with sugar and milk, I'll do that on day one. Then day two, I'm going to cut out the sugar. Then day three, I'm going to cut out the milk and then I'll be left with black coffee and that's how I'm going to do it. Or maybe you're used to eating snacks all day long and then you say, you know what, I'm going to cut out my morning snack or my afternoon snack and just make little incremental changes and then your body has a chance to catch up with all of the changes that you're making. That's that's another way to do it. That's a more methodical way of doing it. And then your brain and your body won't be so opposed to each other at that point. And I think the your brain will have a chance to catch up a little bit. But it's always going to be a little bit hard. I mean, can't make it sound any easier. When you first start fasting, you're going to feel hungry. You're not going to like just drinking straight water or coffee or tea without any added flavors. You're just not going to like it. That's just That's just a fact. But you kind of have to push through it because over time, these things will become normal to you. For instance, now my eating window is a very short window. It's from 10 in the morning till about 1 o'clock, 12, 31 o'clock every day. So my window's open for two and a half, maybe three hours a day. That's all I eat during the day. It's during those hours. That's it. And now my brain has totally caught up with the fact that this is how I eat. And in fact, to me, it sounds weird or uncomfortable to think about eating three meals a day plus snacks. Like I just couldn't do that. And a friend of mine was asking me a little bit about how I, how I feel about skipping dinner. And if I'm out to dinner with friends or something like that, and I'm not eating and I just decide to have some sparkling water while I'm out. And I said, it's a little bit like, think about if you're, you're dead asleep and somebody wakes you up at three in the morning and they say to you, all right, time to get up. What do you want to eat? Like, here's your menu. You got to order a full meal. You'd go like, ugh, gross. I don't want to eat at three in the morning. I can't do that. Like, I'm not in the mood to eat right now. That's kind of how I feel about eating dinner now. So after I close my window, my eating window at one o'clock or whatever the case may be, if you try to get me to eat at like seven or eight o'clock at night, like my body just, you know, pushes back on that. My body does not want to eat at that time because I've now conditioned it to not want food at that period of time. So these changes will come and it's, it's incremental. It doesn't happen like in the first day. It, takes, it may take you months for this to happen. Some people may take up to a year, whatever the case may be. But once you retrain and reprogram your brain, that stuff will stick. And then you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's that initial phase of, of retraining yourself. It's just like anything else. You know, if you want to get up every day at six in the morning and work out, the first few days or weeks is going to be a real struggle. But then... Over time, your body will naturally just wake itself up and be ready to work out at six in the morning. It's just how it goes. It's just you have to start building these habits. And once they take hold, then things become a lot easier. And also the other thing that'll happen too is, you know, now all my friends and family know that I do intermittent fasting. So for instance, a friend of mine asked me to go out to dinner with her a couple nights ago and I said, yes, but I told her, you know, I'm not going to be eating. And she said, yeah, yeah, I know you, you won't be eating because you're doing intermittent fasting. So people will start to get the message and they won't give you such a hard time about it. Now, the wait staff at the restaurant may have a different <laughs> opinion on you not eating, but your friends or whoever you're out with won't. So once you build this into your lifestyle, everything else is going to start falling into place around it. It will become more normal and everything will start to be more harmonious over time. 
So that's the thing I want to talk about with in terms of the mental aspect of it. Also, you'll start to realize if you're diabetic that low blood sugars are not necessarily an emergency. They might be an emergency if you've just eaten lunch and you have a lot of insulin on board and you're going really low and your body can't stop it because there's too much insulin and there's not enough food. And it's just a foregone conclusion that you're going to go low. If that happens, then you, you definitely need to eat something and take care of it. But once you're well into your fasting journey, and let's say you close your eating window like I do around one o'clock, and then let's say at six or seven o'clock at night, you haven't had anything to eat in a long time. There's no insulin on board, yet you see your blood sugar start dipping down to 70, even 65, whatever the case may be. You'll say to yourself, you know, I'm just going to turn my basal off. I'm going to just sit down for a little while and take it easy. And then your blood sugar will come back up. Your body and your brain will start thinking about blood sugar in a little bit of a different way, your body and your brain will become a little bit more patient with lows and not necessarily rush to, to immediately treat them if they're not life-threatening in any way. That, that's something that I was surprised has happened to me, but it did, and it's good because, again, the less food you have in your system, the less other impacts of you know food, insulin, whatever the case may be, insulin on board, the easier it is to manage your diabetes and to keep your blood sugar in a stable range. And then the last thing I want to speak about with respect to the mentality is your men mentality may change over time and there will be difficult days. I mean, there are days, even though for the most part, I really don't like eating anymore after I close my eating window, but there will be occasions where I might be out on a walk or something and I'll walk by a bakery and I'll smell some fresh bread baking or... I'll go to a friend's house and they'll be making some dinner that just smells really, really good. And I just have this real desire to eat or let's say something bad happens and my old emotional eating triggers may come up and stuff like that. You can't help that. That stuff will happen, but you have to be uncomfortable for a little while and just push back on it and say, you know what? I already ate today. I got all of my calories and my nutrients in for the day and push back on yourself and just say, Yes, I know that it would be great to eat right now, but that's not what we're doing anymore. And you just stop. You accept the fact that you're hungry and just say, that's not what we're doing right now. And then just move on with your business. And, and that's how it is. It's so much more gratifying to push through those than to give into them every single time. Because if you give into them every single time, then you're not gonna be able to stick with anything. So you've gotta just sort of push through it a little bit. And that will help you through your journey, no matter what emotion you're facing. At a certain point in time, it will become very easy. In fact, I would say that I don't think about food at all for the hours that I'm fasting. Maybe two or three hours after I eat, I feel a little bit hungry. Like I've said before, I have food in my stomach still and I still have a little bit of insulin on board. I've just eaten, maybe I still have the taste in my mouth somehow. But after that, I don't think about food, which I think is pretty incredible. And the same thing will happen to you. It's just, it comes with time. All this stuff comes with time. So if you're pushing through something and you feel like, oh my God, this is never going to end. How am I going to get past this feeling? This is just intolerable. Give it time. Sit with the feeling. Have the feeling. As I like to listen to Dan Savage, he says, feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. Feel your hunger. Do all that stuff, but then let it pass over you. Don't stop fasting. Continue on track. And then in all likelihood, those feelings will go away. And over time, you'll have fewer and fewer of those feelings. And you'll start to feel a lot more content with the new protocol that you have and you'll start to see a lot of changes in your body and your blood sugar so that's going to feel really good and you'll feel like the changes that you made have been worth it instead of this huge sacrifice that you're sorry that you made 
it's going to be one of those things where you'll look back and you'll be proud of yourself. I know I'm proud of myself. I have a lot more control around food, which I never thought I was going to be able to have. I have a lot more control around insulin and blood sugars. Just another example, before I started intermittent fasting, I knew that I had to pre-bowls. I always, I knew that. I have been told that. I know my blood sugars are better when I pre-bolus, but I'm not the best pre-bolusser. <laughs> just plain and simple. Sometimes I want to eat and I just don't feel like I have the 15 minutes to wait around for the insulin to get into my system and start working. But now that I have started fasting, I've learned a whole new level of patience around food. And especially when I'm opening up my eating window, I have no problem waiting that 15 minutes for the insulin to kick in because that extra time that I'm waiting for the insulin to kick in is also more time adding to my fasting clock. So I actually enjoy waiting for that insulin to kick in. I'm also not shoveling food as much when I open my window because the sensation of eating is something that feels good versus like a compulsion that I have or an addiction that I have to food or sugar or anything like that. It just feels like a nice treat to be able to spoil myself with food that I like and get those nutrients that I want into my body. And I don't feel the desire to just eat everything in two bites. I try to savor what I have because I know, because I've trained myself that after 12, 31 o'clock, I am done eating for the day. So let's try to be appreciative and thankful and, and happy with the food that I have instead of shoveling. So that's sort of a few things that have changed in terms of my mentality as I've gone through my journey. And I'm sure there's going to be many more. I assume that over time, things will probably continue to remain easy in terms of my fasting period, but who knows, maybe they won't. Maybe things will change for me and then I'll be updating you as I go along. But for now, I would say give yourself a few months and let yourself be a little bit uncomfortable and let yourself be a little bit hungry. It's not the end of the world. Let your blood sugar be 70 if you're well into your fast and try to dial back some of your basal if you have that ability just and see what happens. Try it once or twice. And then if it doesn't work out, then you adjust and then you do something differently the next time. It's all about trial and error. And it's something that you can totally do if you're a little bit patient with yourself. So I hope you've enjoyed this a little bit about how the, the mental aspect of intermittent fasting has worked for me. We all go through different stages of how we feel about fasting and changes in our body. And obviously I would love to hear some of you know, your experiences as listeners, because my experience is unique to me. I'm sure other people have had different results and feelings as they've gone through their intermittent fasting journey. And I would love to hear those. So thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.